Welcome to the second episode of Things That I Preach To Myself To About podcast. Today's podcast, episode number two, is called Two Wrong Paths. I'm your host, Rich Vangen, and today I'd like to share with you my struggle after praying that prayer of salvation. We all know that people will pray to receive Jesus into their life, talking with God about turning their life over to Him, His Son Jesus, and His Word, the Bible. With the help of the Holy Spirit, the life becomes devoted to a heaven-minded journey with a Word of God leading us. We take everything at truth, trusting in God. We are now on that path of being sanctified. Another step is discipleship training, usually through a local Bible-believing church to help us understand the Bible and how it should apply in our lives. I was fortunate enough to, after initially making that prayer, to have a good godly Bible-believing church nearby with a great pastor. The congregation was small, but really great people, and I had, you know, my old trusty King James version of the Bible that I had bought years and years prior, not having a clue what was really in it. No notes or cross-references in this Bible, but with the preaching supplemented, everything was just fine. Unfortunately for me, being a bit slow to grasp applying these new truths I was learning, I was beginning to have doubts about my salvation. I didn't see the washing and the renewal in my life started to recognize that I was really the same person I was before. So what did I do wrong? Didn't I pray right? Uh, You know, maybe I'll try again. You know, now that I think about it, there wasn't any lightning or thunder or harmonies of angels in the heavens or earth-shaking dramatic road to Damascus moments like Saul had. Maybe I needed a new name. So after another prayer of salvation, okay, well, maybe several more, off and on for many weeks, months, you know, looking back even years. I figured maybe I wasn't being accepted by God. Maybe all of my past excluded me from being saved. I needed to change my attitude and behavior fast. I needed to be more pious. I needed to carry my Bible all the time, praying in the open, raising my hands, telling others to repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. Well, that's what exactly so many people do. You know, years and years later, it finally clicked with me that so many people, they they try to elevate themselves up to God by either a self-righteous demeanor or some other self-piety. You know, we can always go back to the whole Tower of Babel thing, you know, where people building a big tower to reach to the sky, to heaven and stuff. So we can use that as one example. But Believe it or not, people are still doing that. You know, the people that are, you know, trying to give themselves a little more pompous and pious attitude in life, you know, they they know all the sins, they understand what God's words are and use that information as a, you know, a looking glass to evaluate the world around. They kind of puff themselves up as, you know, being better and think they're God, you know, their God is the greatest and he just loves them. So God's pleased because they're walking holier than thou. In the Bible, they call a lot of those people names like Pharisees and Sadducees and scribes. And the people in the Bible, they looked up to them as being, you know, this religious, pious, holy, you know, having the right stuff. They thought they were closer to God. And in the Bible, though, Jesus also has a list of criticisms against them. 
And if Jesus has a list against you, well, you're not really doing too good. You can read about that in Luke uh, chapter 11, uh, Matthew 23, Mark 12. Also in Luke 20, there's a whole bunch of extra stuff towards those scribes back then, people that, you know, knew the Word of God. So the reverse of that mentality is trying to bring God down to our level, to have God conform to our way of thinking. You know, as the times have changed, you know, since those Bible days, you know, the word needs to fit, needs to be more relevant, more applicable. Our modern culture isn't anything like those old days, and even the Bible of 1611, the old King James, needs a refresh. In fact, the Bible has a lot of irrelevant information that doesn't fit today's problems and issues. It just doesn't fit our narrative of the modern thinkers. So I shrugged with, uh, you know, a lot of these translations. I got caught up in the whole uh, KJV-only debates. And even though, you know, I thought that I should learn, well, you know, if I knew Greek and Hebrew, those, you know, original languages that, you know, the Old Testament and New Testament were written in, you know, then I can transliterate the Bible properly. I figured if I could adopt... God's word to my life better, adjust the cultural disparities to fit, you know, mine. I could be closer to God and he'd be able to work closer with me, you know. Well, first off, I'll confess now, I didn't learn Hebrew or Greek. So I just had to trust those experts who translate into my native language, which is English. Secondly, I figured that if there really was a translation error, wouldn't those smart folks that are constantly looking to debunk the Bible have found it by now? And thirdly, the people that demand that there is only one blessed, authorized, true version of the Bible are missing the fact that English came much later from the original languages and the whole translation department that's like saying that you know people who read the original languages of the holy text aren't reading really God's word because they're not reading this translation or that. That the people in Russia or Japan or South America, they have to learn English in order to have God's words bless them. So any thinking like that really undermines God. And I'm pretty certain that God has seen to it that his words will be edifying and sanctifying in any language. He, you know, it says in the Bible that his word does not return void. Well, if we can't trust and believe God, then we're in a whole heap of trouble and we need to move on. Yes, we need to have accurate texts. Yes, we need to be as close to the originals as possible. Yes, paraphrased Bibles are narratives that aren't the best to study and learn from, but God is certainly bigger than all of our shortcomings. The churches have decided um, to take a kind of a different path from these two wrong paths that I've been talking about. You know, the one path elevating ourselves to God and the other one bringing God down to ourselves. Though the Through church history, they've had numerous examples of the church, you know, kind of working their way into heaven through self-righteousness, self-piety, you know, these demands, as well as trying to make God fit into their molds and narratives and ideologies. The churches today especially are really taking another path where they're just eliminating the Bible altogether. Though many churches have elected to dismiss certain parts of the Bible, which so many have been doing little by little over the years, 
that there are many that have just come right out and said that the Bible is not the inspired Word of God. And so they preach other narratives. I'm convinced that if the church isn't preaching the Word of God, then really it's not the church of God. I've had my struggles over the years trying to figure out if I'm saved, which Bible to use, who to trust in preaching, and who to avoid. Believe me when I say that you have to be very, very aware with eyes wide open, you know, kind of like those Bereans, you know, testing everything and everyone against the Word of God. We're constantly learning with many like myself, really slow to pick up the obvious, And as deep and sometimes confusing as the Bible can be, it's important to remember that we can't just pick it up and understand everything in one reading. Consider all these scholars who study, you know, deep and thorough. I mean, this is their living, you know, and they study that Bible, and they're still debating certain theologies, certain ideologies from the Bible, you know. And these people are, quite, quite honestly, far smarter than I can ever hope to be. But in the end, we have to simplify the whole Bible to this. We are all sinners. We all fall short of the glory of God because of our sins. The punishment for sin against a holy God is death. I mean, that's eternal separation. So, eternally separated from God and His love and His light, that's, that's probably the worst thing in the, that you can ever imagine. Now, our sin has to be paid for. There has to be a price. Just like you commit a crime, you have to pay a price for it. And the payment for sin is a sacrifice of death. Well, we can't do it properly and on our own. So God, in his love, he provided that ultimate sacrifice. That's where you get the old John 3.16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, Well, so Jesus came, he lived that perfect life as a perfect example for us, and then went to the cross and he died, taking on every sin, past, present, and future that you and I will ever commit. The only thing we have to do is bring our faith, trust, and whole life to Jesus as our Savior. That's the bottom line of the Bible. Everything in the Old Testament is pointing towards Jesus. Everything in the New Testament is pointing towards Jesus. And if you don't have that as your narrative in life, then guess what? You've got absolutely nothing. Because then at that point, you might as well just pick up another religion altogether. The Christian religion comes down to this, the Bible, and our relationship with God through Jesus Christ by the power of the Holy Spirit. It's a journey. It's a daily walk of ups and downs, hills and valleys. We stumble and we fall. We get back up. This is the God of the second chances that it's helping us. We can't elevate ourselves by our own power. And we certainly can't change God through Jesus Christ, who is the same yesterday, today, and forever, by painting him differently than what the Bible says he is. And even if we ignore him and live in our own little bubble, our own little lives, guess what? God's still there. He still is. And we have to give an account to him one day. Do we want to receive eternal peace and happiness or eternal misery and damnation? It's harsh. It's harsh to believe that God would cast somebody away. But you know what? It's clearly written in the Bible. This is the only thing that we need to take steps on on our part. So yeah, there's two wrong paths. But there is one right path, and that path is narrow. So now it's a matter of you choosing. 
I've made my choice. I've tried both paths, but thankfully the God of Second Chances got me back on the right path. This has been Things That I Preach to Myself About, Episode 2. I'm Rich Vang and your host, and I hope that you'll give a listen next time around. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, feel free to drop me a line anytime at canonforhire01 at gmail.com. That's canonforhire01 at gmail.com. Remember, stay in your Bible, study the Word, lift your hands and hearts up to God every day. In the name of Jesus, amen.